So today we are going to start a new series called Flipping the League, where we talk about the biggest news that will shake up the league as we know it. And number one would be Patrick Mahomes being injured on the Thursday night game in week seven against the Denver Broncos. Patrick Mahomes, the last two weeks, had been suffering with a left ankle injury that had uh, limited his mobility and caused them to lose um, by one possession against the Colts and the Texans. And therefore, I thought going into this game that they should have just let Mahomes uh, rest. If they would have given him a rest this game, it would have been pretty much a two weeks two weeks of rest for him to come back healthy. It would have been this short week and then a whole full week of next week until Sunday. Instead, they made him play, and on the, on the drive where they were driving to make, go up by 13, they had, it was a third and one. They, ran the, they handed the ball off to their fullback. The announcers widely said, I don't think Mahomes should take a QB sneak. Then four plays later, it's fourth and one. Uh, they were at the five-yard line trying to get a first down to make it uh, first and goal. Uh, me and Schwab were actually talking about this play as it was happening. Schwab wisely said they should not make him run this QB sneak. He's already injured. He's already banged up. I totally agreed. Mahomes takes the ball, gets the first down, and he dislocates his right knee and has now been ruled out for at least three weeks, which I am totally for. I think he should sit for two, at least two, definitely two, if not three weeks, until he feels healthy. Um, when he comes back, they're going to win games. He's They're going to make the playoffs, and there's no point in endangering the few, the returning MVP and he's top two in MVP voting before this injury. Mahomes is this Chiefs offense. They're going to struggle the next three games without him, and this team needs him to be 100% for the playoffs if they want to have a chance to beat Tom Brady. There are three things that happened with this injury. One, the Chiefs lost without question in my opinion, the best player in the NFL. Two, most people's fantasy teams are now going to suffer for the next three weeks. And three, anybody that watches the NFL has to spend the next three weeks without Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, obviously the worst uh, is the Chiefs losing Patrick Mahomes for the next three weeks. But... Being a fan and losing that ability to watch a guy with such talent, losing the ability to watch a guy who defies physics as we know it, I mean, some of the things that he does out on the field are ridiculous. You you never see them. We've never seen a player like him. Um, He is truly a freak of nature, Uh, which is funny because... He doesn't really look like it. He He's actually rather scrawny compared to most other quarterbacks. Um, but no, he is a freak of nature, and that is... It's something to watch whenever he's out on the field. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with him. Um, he's, he's a truly special player. Um, so yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes, I think that whole situation uh, is going to affect a lot of a lot of things in the NFL, uh, not just the Chiefs, but also viewership for the NFL. Uh, they're going to lose a lot of money because Pat Mahomes is not out on the field, and that's going to affect a lot of things for the NFL. Um, next thing we're going to talk about is the Rams trading Marcus Peters to the Baltimore Ravens, and then later trading to receive Jalen Ramsey from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So. For the Marcus Peters trade, uh, 
the biggest thing that they got from the Baltimore Ravens was they got a linebacker, young linebacker in Kenny Young, who, even though he hasn't gotten much playing time in Baltimore so far this season, I like him as a player. The Rams' linebacking core is not good. And I think that the addition of Kenny Young is actually better for the team, especially uh, now that they do have Jalen Ramsey, which I will get to in a second. Baltimore's defense is now making improvement. <laughs> uh, for the majority of the year, their defense has been absolutely horrible. Uh, they really haven't performed well. They've looked really sluggish. They've given up big plays. Marcus Peters, he's only 26 years old. One of the best lockdown corners. He's best known in man-to-man. He can keep up with just about any receiver in the NFL. Obviously, he's not going to one-on-one against Tyree Kill. um, But he gets the job done, and he gets done at an exceptional exceptional level. Uh, The Rams also later traded to get Jalen Ramsey from the Jacksonville Jaguars for a 2020 first-round pick. 2021 first round pick and a 2021 fourth round pick from the uh well they gave that up to the Jaguars this is a huge trade probably the biggest trade of the season um well actually the biggest trade of the season if you don't count Odo Beckham's offseason trade uh this is a huge move for the Rams they were a struggling team and they were a struggling defense which was their strong point Their defense hasn't played at the level that they played at last year, and it was beginning to show. Uh, They lost three straight. They're now three and three. And I think that the addition of both Jalen Ramsey and Kenny Young is a fantastic addition for this Rams defense. Uh, My take on this uh, trade was that um, the Rams trade for Marcus Peters and Kenny Young, uh, I think both teams won for this. In my opinion, Kenny Young was disappointing in Baltimore. Um, I expected him to fill the role of C.J. Mosley and come at that a lot harder and and fill and bridge the gap of C.J. losing C.J. Mosley in this Ravens defense, but that did not happen. Like Schwab said, he didn't get much playtime, and he just when he was in, he didn't make the huge impact plays like I thought he would. And therefore, I think he's great for him to change locations, go to L.A. Um, they The Rams just lost Clay Matthews with a broken jaw, so they needed another linebacker to fill that role. I think Kenny Young can slide right in. He'll get plenty of playtime since their linebacker core is pretty bad and pretty weak. So he'll fit there for Marcus Peters. Um, he's, like Schwab said, 26, very young. He's only in his fifth season. He has four touchdowns as a defensive player, which is pretty pretty good for a defender to have four touchdowns in five seasons. Now, I know touchdowns isn't everything for a cornerback, but he's a first-round talent that hasn't really produced that much in his career, but it's because he never was around a defensive culture. Even though the Ravens have been struggling on defense this year, they have a defensive culture. So I think Marcus Peters coming to Baltimore, teaming up with um, Marlon Humphrey will be great for Baltimore, and I think Kenny Young... Going to replace the injured Clay Matthews for the LA Rams will be great. So I think that trade helped both teams in great ways. Now for the Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has made it clear he didn't want to be on Jacksonville anymore. Jacksonville traded him. They got what they wanted. They got their two firsts, the 2020 first and the 2021 first. And then they also got a 2021 fourth round pick. So I'm guessing that there was other teams involved and the Rams threw in that fourth just to make sure they could get him. Now the Rams have gotten a lot of criticism. For trading two first-round picks, uh, especially when they've fallen three to two, three and three, and it does not appear that they're the same Super Bowl team of last year, 
However, I don't really think this was a bad trade. Uh, they got a tier one, um, in my opinion, the best cornerback in the league. Uh, Stefan Gilmore's played better this year, but Ramsey hasn't also played every game this year. So I think they got the, the arguably the best corner in the league for two first-round picks. So yes, two first-round picks is very important. But the goal to when you draft in the first round is to draft the next great, the next great in a position. So they have two chances to do that. But if they trade for Jalen Ramsey, they automatically have gotten that. So they could have went two for two, but what are the odds of them picking two all-time greats in back-to-back years? In my opinion, it's not great. Maybe with both of those picks, they wouldn't have gotten the equivalent, but now they have him straight up. They have him on the team. So I think moving forward, this would be good for the Rams. However, I don't think the expectations that have been put on Jalen Ramsey, that he's going to come to this team and make them a playoff contender. They are in an extremely competitive NFC West with the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. And I think they have bigger problems on offense with Jared Goff struggling. He only had 78 passing yards last game. And they need to find themselves, Sean McVay, Jared Goff, they need to find a way to have a good offense without Todd Gurley. Because since Todd Gurley's injury became came to the forefront in the beginning of the playoffs last season, they have been a mess as a team. They don't know how to effectively score without Todd Gurley, and they need to figure it out sooner than later. The third thing we're going to talk about is the refs. The refs as a whole. Uh, a huge example in this game was... Uh, the Packers and Lions game in the Monday night game uh, in week six, there was two illegal hands-to-the-face calls on Flowers that the man never made contact with the Packers O-lineman's helmet or face. He had him by the shoulder pads both times. Both of these flags led to scoring drives to the Packers, and the last one was the drive that let the Packers waste down the clock, ice the game by kicking a 23- or 22-yard field goal to win with Mason Crosby. The, the And in this game as well, there was, there was one call where one official calls it a touchdown, one calls it a non-touchdown, and they have to go to review because they can't agree with each other on the field. And it's time after time again that the refs are costing teams wins. And then you have the NFL two days later formally apologizing. But that doesn't matter when your team gets a loss instead of an L, or a loss instead of a win. If the Lions would have won this game, they moved to first in the division. Since the Lions lost this game, they moved to last in the division. So it's an a, a, a insanely close and competitive NFC North. Now, I don't think even if the Lions won that game, they'll win the division. But it's a difference between first and fourth, which is huge. So, the refs. I've seen better play from the replacement refs from a bunch of seasons ago. And they were pretty bad. But that Lions and Packers game was one of the worst performances I've seen from a group of referees in a very, very, very long time. Um, the It seems like every year they get worse. Uh, like Ethan mentioned, Trey Flowers, those back-to-back hands of the face calls. He had his hands on the shoulder pads. There were hands in his face, but the flag was called on him both times. which. Obviously, should never happen, and um, I think for penalties, I think there should be a rule where you can challenge a penalty inside the two-minute warning. Um, obviously, I know you're not allowed to uh, challenge in general inside of two minutes, but for penalties that can decide the outcome of a game by giving the other team a first down, and on third down when you have no timeouts left, you should be allowed one challenge flag per penalty um, in the two-minute warning. I think that 
it's kind of ridiculous that the refs can influence the game to the point where they choose who wins and who loses. Um, but I think the biggest example, more so than the Lions and Packers game, was, and uh, I feel bad for going back to this game because everybody talks about it still constantly, especially in New Orleans, it it was the NFC Championship game last year. That 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 game, that call against the uh, that no call actually against the Rams was probably one of the most influential no calls in league history. I mean, it that call alone, that play alone, instituted an entirely new rule, and that was that you could challenge pass interference calls. But even then. There have been blatant pass interference calls that have been challenged. Not a single one has been overturned. Or you rarely see it. Um, which is still baffling to me. Because when it's blatant in real life motion, and then you go back and you watch it in slow motion, frame by frame, and you still cannot see it, it doesn't mean that there was no pass interference. It just means that the refs don't know how to be refs like they the nfl has a big problem with making these referees qualified to do their job this isn't necessarily on the referees it's more on the nfl making them prepared to become a referee you can't just it it almost feels as though they send random people from the street out there and say Go make one or two calls a game uh, that are actually good. Go make about 20 calls that have absolutely no meaning behind them whatsoever. Uh, Make sure that you try to mess up one team as much as possible. Uh, If it's your favorite team, go for it. Uh, Mess up the other team. But these refs just don't look qualified to do their job. And it's it's sad. It truly is sad. Now, the next topic that we are going to be talking about, this isn't really something that shakes up the league. It's more of something that is kind of amazing. Uh, And it was Lamar's previous game uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals in which he had and became the first quarterback ever to have 200 or more pass yards in a game and 150 more rush yards. I don't know which stat is more boggling, mind-boggling, that or the fact that a quarterback led the entire NFL in rushing yards in a week. Or the fact that Lamar Jackson is currently 8th in the entire NFL in rushing yards. He's a quarterback. Yes, we've seen mobile quarterbacks. But we haven't seen a guy like this since Michael Vick back in Atlanta. Yes, Michael Vick played in Philly for a while and he was very good there. But he was nowhere near the level of Michael Vick in Atlanta. This is Atlanta Falcons Michael Vick in 2019 Lamar Jackson just does it slightly better in the passing game at least this year he does last year is a different story but everything that Lamar has done this year even the times that he's messed up most of those uh instances have been acceptable uh and I say most because obviously there are those one or two stragglers that you can you can clearly blame on Lamar but Everything that he's done this year, he's carried the Ravens' offense. Without Lamar, this Ravens team just does not make the playoffs. Heck, they probably don't even break 500. 
And I think that Lamar, for what he's doing, yes, Deshaun Watson is playing great, but when you break it down in the MVP voting, I think Lamar should be fourth ahead of Deshaun Watson because Lamar's getting it done in both the passing game and the running game. He's doing something we haven't seen in 15 years. This is a generational talent. I mean, we don't see guys come in with that type of arm strength and that type of speed. I mean, yes, Michael Vick had a cannon, but Lamar does it on a whole new level. I mean, he really improved since last year. Everybody doubted him when he first came into the league. They were saying he's just going to be another Heisman bust. He didn't turn out to be like that last year. Coming into this season, everybody was saying he did, he's not going to make any improvement in the passing game. He's top 10 in passing touchdowns. Actually, he's tied with a bunch of other quarterbacks, which puts him in the top five. With actually slightly below average receivers. He doesn't have good receivers. What he's doing right now in Baltimore is fantastic. It's actually nothing short of a miracle. He shouldn't be performing the way that he is with a horrible offensive line. I mean, Marshall Yonda obviously is still probably the top offensive lineman in the NFL. And if he's not, he's in the top three, top five. And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But he's getting older. Other than that, the Ravens don't have any single offensive lineman. And that just makes Lamar's stats and his play that much more impressive. No quarterback should be able to do the things that Lamar Jackson does. He gets out on the field, and it literally is a video game. It is one of those old Madden games where you get Michael Vick, and you instantly win. He is a cheat code in real life. Um, I want to talk about how Schwab talked about earlier that he led the league in rushing yards this week. He, he, he did lead the league in rushing yards. He had 19 attempts for 152 yards, was the highest yards this week by any rusher. That's an average of 8.1 yards per run. Another, he also broke another record this year. It's never been done before. Uh, he's the first quarterback in history to be named the ground player of the week and the passer player of the week in the same season. Uh, in week one, Lamar threw for 324 yards for five touchdowns with a perfect passer rating of 158.3. And then this week, week six, he got the ground player of the week with 152 rushing yards, one and one touchdown, and eight yards per carry. So he's the first quarterback ever to win both of these awards in a single season. And like Schwab said, he he's taken the Ravens offense to such a different level that he almost looks like a cheat code on the field. And that's why we talked about him. And this has been the first episode of uh, Flipping the NFL. Oh, any other thoughts? Uh, yeah, actually. At the beginning of the season, John Harbaugh of the Ravens said that the offense that he has right now is something that, Lena, is something that the league has never seen before. No, his offense wasn't something the league has never seen before. He wasn't talking about his offense at all. He was talking about Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to say it again because I talked for a while on my thoughts on Lamar and what he's been doing. But the guy is ridiculous. And if he keeps improving, he's going to be an MVP in the coming seasons. And I strongly believe that. Uh, this has also been the first episode of...
flipping the NFL. <laughs>